0: Hello and welcome to the Regrettable Century. Today we have our new permanent lineup. So we've got Ben, Jason, and Kevin. So I mean, you guys should be familiar with Ben. He's been on probably more episodes this last season than Kevin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> during during the first part, during the first part uh, when Kevin was working all the time for sure. But yeah, you'll you'll remember Ben from all of our uh, religion
1: episodes yeah you'll remember my my incessant laughter and uh returning us to the first page of every chapter (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) like before we move on let's start over
2: <laughs> yeah, Ben has has helped provide a, a nice counterpoint to my like you know when I'm trying to keep track of time. I'm like, oh well, this is a place right here where we could make the jump to the next section, and I'll make I'll like set it all up and I'll do a little transition, and then Ben will come back and be like, actually, and then but it's always good, you know. It's, it's never it's like always a, stuff we needed to talk about. Yeah. So,
3: so in that uh, context, would it be Ben or Jason who's representing Messianic time? Jason's representing the uh you know the the break the radical uh, er- eruption from uh from the moment uh, into the new whereas Ben is recalling I'm res- or uh, I'm rescuing the past though. Yeah, 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 yeah rescuing the past. So maybe it's the dialectic between uh Jason and Ben in that context that is that the dialectic itself of of, of the two in itself is the messianic time.
2: There we go. Shit, dude, yeah. Ben and I are the dialectic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: y'all are messianic time well uh so this is something this will be our fifth one of these types of episodes where we sum up the previous year in podcasting or our our own podcasting we're not summing up anyone else you know not like not like a general kevin made a face like that was a dumb thing for me to say but like (laughs) like general not like uh a general overview of leftist podcasting or anything like that. That's not what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying. But our own podcast and our own lives and in a break from the self-focused topics that I just mentioned, the whole world. So, uh, yeah. We like to keep it focused and, com- and very broad.
3: It's always dialectical.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I think that generally we start off talking about the podcast. Um, the things that we liked about the previous year, the things that we didn't like about the previous year, and um, I think that we could start off by just going over what the
2: best topics that we covered over the last year are. Jason, you want to start us off? Um, yeah, I actually i've I've written down six best episodes, and I think that's a you know that's like one third of all the episodes we did for the year. Yeah, so that's that's too many. But I wait, we only have... did eighteen episodes. Uh actually we did twenty-five. Twenty-five. Hey, we're up from last year. We only did twenty last year. Yeah, but we're still we're still down from years one through three. Yeah. Um, I think the most we've ever done was like thirty-four. Yeah, but like I'm in a PhD program now and uh it's just
0: it's hard to do that many. Yeah. It is it's hard, hard working, to do that many.
3: Working long hours so, these days, so
2: we've yeah. also we've also done like specifically just like guest spots On Varn's podcast and on other podcasts and and whatever. So and also we've
0: done more. um, We've done an average of about two uh, Patreon episodes per month when we used to only do one. Well,
2: at one point we did none.
0: Yeah. Well, the we're up to two now. So now if you join our Patreon, you get one episode per dollar that you spend a month, which is still too much for some people. Which I don't know if that's (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's like says more about our quality. Uh, than the people's than other people's cheapness, but uh, you know, it might yeah. say something
2: about the the relative spending power of the dollar. Nah, it's probably just like I, you know we're not for
3: everyone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. well, okay, I maybe cut this out. <laughs> I was gonna say I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't pay for our podcast, and that's not because of the like it's not qu- good quality enough or whatever. It's just there's only I only have so many hours in the day, and I like follow a number of good podcasts that have you know paywalled content that i just i don't buy it I, just because of the, you know i'm spreading out my time among so many things i just i'm not looking for more content from one podcast you know i i think the only
0: paywalled podcasts that i follow are Chapo yeah because it's basically one of the only places i get news about um <laughs> about american politics <laughs>
3: yeah we yeah yeah like stuff that's going yeah. on in the news and stuff and it's, all, it's yeah. also it's just lighthearted and fun yeah yeah, whatever. yeah.
1: chapo's therapeutic especially these yeah. this past month you know yeah, I, yeah. it's like how are they getting me to laugh yeah <laughs> um, reporting uh, on we this, just outed know. ourselves as fans
0: of Bright chapo brown. fash house <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no Bright brown
0: but uh, that's okay. we, that we, and we've
2: been fascist anyways for a long time yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, radio war nerd also i think is worth it uh definitely and
3: then i That's think one for me that I, I like i would but i just I, I just don't i don't know I don't have enough time
0: <laughs> well the as only, a war nerd I yeah it's only
3: you know super upsetting yeah yeah it's part of your like specialization
1: the only ones that i pay anything for to get behind paywalls walls are um know your enemy just because I'm really interested in a sort of right-wing intellectual history and uh Magnificast I just support oh yeah because I like that there are Christian Marxists doing that work they're pretty I good. also follow Varn Varn is great yeah yeah Varn is good I like I oil, like how this is- segment
3: began with Chris saying that we're not going to do a general review podcasting, <laughs> <got> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> well, basically, this is
0: just a defense of uh, spending your uh, money on uh, paywalled Patreon
1: podcasts. I was just telling you yesterday that I th- I actually think your you and Jason's uh, forays into Czech socialism is some really unique, and uh, I, w- I was arguing to take it. Out from behind the paywall, but maybe this is like a pitch to to pay for the <laughs> the, the Patreon because I think that's really unique contribution. I'm not yeah, that
3: kind of it. very intimate, close, careful study of particular experiments in socialism is just so rare, too rare, and super useful and interesting. Um, yeah. And even though it's just because of you two having a particular fascination with uh, Czech because of your ancestry or whatever, but uh, uh, it's, it's still, it's just like a, a super interesting uh, and uh, productive, uh, you know, bit of a uh, intellectual exploration.
0: Well, we've talked about doing other episodes. Like I think we had one about the Hungarian revolution that we wanted to do. And I mean, I think that, it's something that we've always talked about doing. We just haven't gotten around to doing it. And I, I would like to do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, the Hungarian, well, Hungary in 1919, that's been an idea that's been basically planned out for like three years. But because of Hungary's relationship to uh, Slovak socialism, yeah, maybe now that could be a, not exactly the addendum, whatever, but it's like the transition.
0: The segue could into be- Hungarian socialism can be Slovak yeah. socialism.
2: Yeah. After, after we do Slovak specific socialism. Yeah, we're going to do that one next. That's on our short list. Interestingly, mm-hmm. Daddy Masaryk was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, oh, I like that one. Uh, that was a good one. But, but I agree. Like in general, I think the Czech socialism series is one of our, our highs as a podcast. One of our better things we've done. So I agree with Ben. But uh, I also I, mean, I had a lot of trouble with this because I also really liked uh, the Lunacharsky and the God Builders episode like a whole lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really liked the Warm Stream. That we did with the Lit Crit guy. I yeah, really liked That was liked. so good. That was so good. Revisiting Pessimism. I don't remember what we called it, but you know. The uh, uh, Pessimism isn't optimism. That, yeah, that one. I also really liked the one on patriotic socialism. I'm not I'm not gonna go through my whole list. I liked a lot of what we did. But what I did not like, well, I was gonna talk about Lowe's, <laughs> <those>, but we, <laughs> we can come we'll, back we'll, to oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Last night I was I was listening to um, I realized because I use um, the podcast uh, app I use, sometimes it puts episodes as already played, so they don't show up on my mm-hmm. feed. And I realized I hadn't listened to the Lumpin episode. Oh, uh, yeah. And I started listening to it, and I was I was laying in bed listening to this. I was getting increasingly frustrated <laughs> um, <laughs> before going to sleep. And I think I, I fell asleep listening to that in that frustrated state of mind. So... Uh, Are
0: you done with your your top favorites, Jason? Oh, Yeah, I think so. Well,
2: I actually –
0: I'll go next if anyone else. I actually really liked our series that we did with Varn on uh, neo-feudalism.
1: Yeah, that's good. Techno-neo-feudalism.
0: I really liked that. I liked that we took something that um, we often talk about, which is feudalism and transitions, and then applied it to some of the the things that we had been bouncing around about the – uh, supposed end of neoliberalism so it was a really good way to sort of bring all of this abstract sort of theoretical stuff that we had been talking about previously when we talked about medieval feudalism and stuff like that and then apply it the analysis to our the current epic um, that I really liked and um, I guess we, we finished up the Zygmunt Bauman series at the beginning of the year this year yeah. too, and I really liked that Sigmund Bauman series that we did with Mir. Yeah. And and Ben. I'm I'm including all of those together because I think that those are all like kind of just one really long episode that we broke up into several parts because they're a series. Yeah, they're kinda of like the Star
1: Wars trilogy, you know? It's just yeah. one story. Also Bauman yeah, well, Uh it, it's worth saying Bauman was very close to Mir's heart. That was like I don't know if you know Mir's backstory, but he like you know, he's Kurdish, uh grew up in a sort of milieu where he he didn't have the chance he has uh i think it's dyslexia and he learns to read rather late and that was something he came upon early uh as a teenager so we were like revisiting something that was like part of his own autodidact yeah. journey
0: that's pretty cool It was I also very that. helpful to do that you know yeah Yeah. he was our guide to bauman basically because totally, he, kno- he totally. knew it very intimately yeah it turns out is cool Amir is cool,
2: and so uh, cool. he's learning all those Jesuit tricks right now. So yeah, hopefully he can teach guy. us some of them. Yeah, yeah, we've corresponded a little bit, you know, and yeah, very glad How's to know him. He he's he's doing pretty well. I mean, it's like it's a lot, but he's he's up for it.
0: Yeah, he's learning German. He's like crash course learning German right now. So that's uh, that's what he's up to.
3: Unlike okay. Americans, he's uh, yeah very multilingual.
0: Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he speaks English, that?
3: polyglot. Uh, polyglot.
0: He's a polyglot. Yeah. But he uh, he speaks English really well, and he's, he's going to be a master of Germanic languages. So cool. You know, he's learning them all. Um, okay, so I would say that our Czech socialism series has always been pretty near and dear to my heart, and it's even though that's stretched out like three years at this point, we do like one episode a year. I think we ended up doing two this year, though. So, you know, it's been a very productive year in uh, discussions of Czech socialism on the Regrettable Century podcast. But... Um, that and uh, the, I think our return to form in dialectic of degrowth. The uh, oh yeah, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And pessimism is an optimism. I think that those are those are a return to old school type of yeah. uh, regrettable century content. Reminds me of the good old days, which mm-hmm. were actually really really bad days for the whole world, <laughs> but they were good yeah. for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I think we've been around for five years, and not one have, of those five years has anything good happened for for the
2: world. So, yeah. You know what? That's, that's true. That's not even a joke at all.
3: No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, you could expand the timeline back to, you know, 1918, <laughs> and uh, it would pretty much be true. But Chris, oh, yeah, of course. I'm just –
1: you're forgetting What's that uh, we now have we now have in Taylor Swift the first ethical billionaire. So I don't. Want oh, to that's right. Neglect that. You no. Know? Yeah. Well,
0: congratulations, definitely- Taylor Swift. Yeah. Being the first ethical billionaire. <laughs> well, you're jumping ahead to news items, Ben. Sorry. So, well, sorry yeah, That's
1: want to give give a little bit of lift to the pessimism. Yeah.
0: Well, and also <laughs> speaking of news items that we can sample later. Like the last I looked at the the big news headlines about the Russia Ukraine war, Ukraine is man going to be in Moscow any day now. But I looked at that in about June, so it might be different now. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll revisit that. We'll revisit that when we get to the news section.
3: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I haven't really looked at the news about that lately, but uh, you know, my understanding is uh, that there's pretty much no way that ukraine could not be absolutely crushing russia at this point with the yeah they're they're bound <laughs> to be in US. moscow um
2: i actually i actually have followed that uh that particular news story pretty closely like every day i watch two or three different commentaries on it well you can update us then in
0: the news section <laughs> yeah. since we yeah. don't know anything about it and we're we're we might be assuming wrongly
3: i doubt it <laughs> uh, my, I was I was gonna say, um, uh, yeah, I mean, um, Chris, I, I completely agree about the dialectic of uh, or whatever it was called the pe- dialectic of pessimism or whatever episode. Uh, I, I think it was not only a return to form but also a useful explication for for me and for us to sort of go through and remind ourselves of what the fuck we're doing and, and why and what it, what it means. Uh, a reminder that pessimism is not uh, the cynicism of the comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I also, uh, absolutely loved the degrowth episode. Uh, while I, you know, I thought it, it when we recorded it, my approach to the question was very much so like, duh, <laughs> doesn't obviously. Uh, but I found the, the reaction to the episode was a, a lot more, um, uh, less in uniform agreement about the question so I, I, I feel like uh, the episode ended up being uh, very important and a question that I think we should return to because of that very fact hmm. um, and of course the original degrowth Marxist uh, discussion of uh, William Morris the godfather right. of English language oh, yeah, yeah. Marxism that nobody knows or cares about That uh, I am, we do I'm uh, very 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 big into you know, uh, excavating his corpse and trotting him around. Yeah, that was a great lecture, Kevin.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, w- there's the lecture that's on Patreon that we uploaded. Uh, but there's also the discussion that we had yeah. about yeah William Morris that's not paywalled. But that yeah, lecture no, I mean, was the one that Kevin did at uh, Cascadian Midsummer.
3: Right, exactly. And that lecture was a lot more uh, targeted to, you know, a... Uh, a general audience that was there for arts and culture uh and not an educated or in any way self-identified marxist uh audience whereas our discussion was very much so yeah. more, uh oriented to you know our uh, you know our people who listen to our podcast <laughs> the I weird mean, nerds that listen to our podcast
0: yeah, yeah exactly fellow weird nerds i might say but yeah everyone go check out cascadian midsummer and then buy a ticket and go the, nope, they're the...
3: nope, cut out. <laughs> yeah, you can't oh, say it Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are not announcing anybody on the lineup at all until pre-sale tickets are completely sold out. And they oh, really? It won't go, on, won't go on, on sale until after Cascadian Yule is finished. So until January. Okay. Uh, so, Kevin, you're done? Yeah, that was uh, that was it. I mean, you know, I, I echo that the checks social – you know, like I said before, I like the Czech
0: yeah, socialism episodes. That, that shit was badass that's it's all you been oh it's if you've my got, turn. if you've got some
1: uh, i do i do you know actually i want to begin re- in recent most recent episodes i really enjoyed the um contentious discussion of bonapartism with oh yeah uh, that was good with matt camp because i feel like the sort of comradely disagreement makes for a lively um investigation and i i feel like um Even though at some points you're both – you're making arguments that are maybe on different planes. Um, Yeah. uh, It's definitely happening. It was happening but like everyone was contributing like to make a fuller picture of what Bonapartism is or what the era amounted to or can can still in the Benjaminian sense amount to. But – yeah, I think
2: I think one of the issues with that was that um I was trying to figure out a way to like essentially impart what Hegel's position on Bonaparte was, but with a language that we use. Like yeah. I couldn't I mean, I guess I could have, but I I couldn't bring myself. I didn't I didn't think to just say that uh, a <laughs> Bonaparte is the last of the heroes and the hero's role in history is to be the embodiment of the absolute and just like the French Revolution was the first of a new kind of a instrument for the absolute as it gets realized progressively and dialectically so Bonaparte was the last just like before him there was people like Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar and whatever yeah but that's not that's so different from the kind of discussion that we were having you know whatever I could I just I just couldn't make that and just it was just so different yeah I mean sure. it would have been
0: sounded like dropping a bunch of jargon in the middle of a conversation that was a lot more down to earth you know yeah
1: well the yeah. conversation itself had a sort of dialectic right you had to begin from a place where the two of, the three of you were using the the term, the word revolutionary in totally different senses right so you had to kind of work your way through the various, yeah. various meanings of, of different signifiers but
0: which we it, do in episode 2 actually we don't even do that in episode 1 right in episode 1 we just episode. argue
1: different yeah <laughs> um, so it's like 2 hours in basically <laughs> So, I, I think a bit of uh, a bit of contestation is is healthy and good, and um, appreciated. That I also uh, echoing uh, Kevin, I think that uh, platforming William Morris, the from nowhere William Morris's romantic Marxism, and the dialectic of apotheosis, Lunacharsky and the God Builders are just like bringing yeah, that's a, really good that one. A lot of people are not familiar with at all. They're like Lunacharsky; they've maybe read about in passing and uh Morris as well, uh reading about Marx. These are should be much more central figures in our inherited histories. And um yeah, all the stuff with Mir was, was wonderful. Uh yeah, and the Czech Socialism as well. It's just uh so much stuff I, I had no idea about. Oh and the Warm Stream. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. So good. That guy's great. Litcrit guy. Yeah, we,
0: we've we been talking – uh, he wants to come back on, and so we've got a tentative, like, tentatively scheduled, open-ended sort of like, hey, next time you should come on. And uh, I don't know. we got to figure out what it is we want to talk about and have him on. But this whole last semester has just been insane for me because I'm finishing up my PhD
1: coursework, which it should get easier after I know my coursework. Also, the Patriotic Socialism episode was interesting because – yeah. It was like working through something that is very easy to disregard, but it turns out there's a conversation to be had. Um, yeah, an investigation to be had that is is important and um, kind of is a good example of like how we need to sort of take things more seriously and not just sort of rely on our own uh, our own identifications. As socialists, to sort of carry the day, we we have to think about the world we live in.
0: I gotta say that the Daddy mazurek yeah. and Czechoslovakism episode uh, has the best title of any one of our episodes. Yes, yes, yes.
3: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> all right, well, yeah, that's uh, all the good things that we
1: did over the past year. Also, the the
2: yeah. p-
1: one last one last plug is the uh, episode on uh, you're not making liberal socialist you're making socialist liberals has some of the oh, best. Yeah. it's one of the most fun <laughs> to listen to episodes
0: um yeah i forgot about that one i, I need to go back and re-listen to that i don't really whole, remember that one the whole section I where had, you're,
1: you're just venting on the harry, the harry potter uh <laughs> boycott it just has to be
3: cracking oh, up. yeah okay yeah now i'm remembering it yeah
1: okay I, I remember
0: that i remember me just getting so mad at people for thinking they're like fighting the proletarian revolution because they're not going to buy the video game they weren't going to fucking buy anyway yeah
3: that, that actually that, yeah that like, that episode was on really well list. despite their boycott yeah yeah
0: and I, I wouldn't say despite their boycott i think i think it had it played a part just, in it yeah helped to it's boost like free
2: publicity it. yeah yeah what were you saying jason Oh, I just, that was one of the episodes that made my long list of best episodes, but I just didn't go through it all. And I guess I'm glad I didn't because it came up anyways. Yeah. The
1: the thing that had me really laughing out loud, literally, was um, when you were (laughs) referencing those uh, like BuzzFeed articles that said uh, uh, millennials who grew up reading Harry Potter are more likely to be liberal, and then (laughs) Trump is trying to court this vote. And from the demographic that liberated the house.
4: Uh, That's good. Yeah. It's
2: good that we are able to laugh about the the dumbest things that there are.
0: Yeah. And and it's the life or death situations are being characterized by children's books in, in the popular media. So that's cool. You know?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that yep. actually means, I think that makes me think we should do uh, another, we should revisit DeBoer as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, what about the things that we didn't like? For me, it's uh, just cognitively, just, it's really obvious going back and listening to older like episodes from the entire last year, mm-hmm. and then going back further, how much of a difference, like I'm just not nearly as sharp, well, I wasn't, and I, I'm still not, you know, whatever. So my my only wor- my worst episodes um, are just because of me, and ju- I'm just wishing I, I maybe I don't want to say I did better, but like I, whatever I guess I wish I was better. And so my only real low on the for the podcast is just that like my own role in it is not up to my own standard.
0: Yeah, but if you listen to like the episode the first episodes that you were on in say like November like right when you first came back on the podcast, because your traumatic brain injury was in June. And then you weren't on the podcast for like several months. You were like in the hospital and the rehab facility and whatever else. And then finally you came back on in the fall. If you listen to those ones and then you go back and listen to like the last few that we put out, there's like a 3000% difference. Like you're so much better than you were uh, right after. So it's like, you know, it's better all the time. And I think that, it's not a cognitive problem like you could you can conceive of the things that you want to say it's just somehow getting it from here mm-hmm. to your mouth that's the problem. And even then it's you're still cogent and you make good points it's you know and and you're getting better all the time so yeah i mean yeah it's, i have like
2: i have like four pages of notes for for the Bonaparte episodes i didn't cover even like maybe one page worth of what i thought of yeah and what I and I didn't even say about a quarter of what I was thinking, but not because I like held back but just because I couldn't figure out how to say it hmm. so it's kind of like I'm learning a new language in the process of podcasting yeah and so you know the the listener is subject to that yeah you're basically like working at working
0: through your traumatic brain injury and reforging neural pathways live for while everyone's listening to you
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: so like no pressure <laughs> No, but it's been good, and I'm, I'm super glad to have you back. Uh, yeah. You
2: know, I mean, that was a little yeah. dark really, times.
3: Really glad you didn't stay dead.
2: Yeah, me yeah. too. What's wild did. is that, like, I'm the only person who was not thinking about that because <laughs> I was in a coma. So I woke up from a coma, and everyone's like, oh, this is good news. But for me, it was like, oh, shit, I was in an accident?
3: <laughs> so I was in World War III or World War II Part Two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah the really good news for everybody else was really bad news for me. It was very weird what was, yeah what was well, the other yeah.
1: part of your of your uh coma dream you were raised by uh wolverines
2: is that right yeah <laughs> i was well, <laughs> i w- i was I was abandoned in the forest and then I was protected by a pack of wolverines until <laughs> um until a hunter you know just just a guy who lives out in the woods by himself in a log cabin he found me. And then he raised me. That yeah, oh, was cool. Do that style.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's really then, weird, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <And> at, <laughs> yes, it is weird. Yes. And then you grew up to fight in World War II, Part Two. Yeah, I think that was prophetic.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, um, I mean, honestly, as far as lows go, uh, like the the episodes that we tried to do without Jason, like I guess we didn't really do any episodes. For a few months but then uh like i didn't know if jason was ever gonna you know what w- his brain was ever going to be healed enough for him to come back on so us trying to keep it going while he was gone was a huge bummer um yeah and that would have been like i guess in anything that we did in july and august which we kind of did a lot hmm. right no of july and august of last year West. okay so wait a minute I'm, I'm actually recapitulating things that we already talked about last year so yeah, yeah i'm t- time flies when you're you know every single day is exactly the same as the day before yeah. um <laughs> when you're in
3: grad school yeah yeah
0: no okay so okay i guess then i don't really really have like low episodes i mean i had some episodes that weren't my favorite ones um like i wish that the, the episode that we did with steven about lumping proletariat the lumped proletariat wasn't so circular in our argument because you get the gist of it about 30 minutes in and then it's still another 30 minutes till the end of the episode so i would have preferred if we were like you know better but it was still an interesting episode to to do and uh it definitely got a lot of conversation started so i mean that's good but i don't know i mean i honestly i think that it's been pretty decent it's for for the amount of time i'm able to put in in my graduate program and for jason like working out the kinks and his neural pathways and you know i i think it, I think it was pretty good that maybe the episodes about the french pension reforms i don't think topical episodes ever really just land for us mm. well those were fun yeah. to do but like i go back and you listen to them one time and then you never listen to them again right they're not they're not the kind that have the staying power
4: Well, I guess that's it. It might
1: might be passé for Jason to hear this at this point, but the very fact of his being here is just this ongoing miracle, right? The recovery rate, uh, yeah, for what you he underwent, like those dark days. uh, You know, if we if we had any ability to prophesy this moment now, I mean, it's just kind of uh, just have to remind ourselves of that. It's pretty remarkable that you. And and Jason, at, at, at any moment, you, I know you're a perfectionist, but you you are you sound more intelligent than most people and, <laughs> and cogent. So,
0: yeah, uh, even right after you came out of your coma, you still sound more intelligent than most people.
2: Yeah, that's well, definitely true. <laughs> I might have been more shit. intelligent because I was trying to speak to the doctor in Spanish, and I, I don't. I have since re- realized I don't actually know Spanish. But for, well, that's the thing—is you do for a little bit. I did.
0: No, well, yeah, I, mean, I,
2: I, I do know Spanish, but like my capacity to like converse in the language is uh is fairly it's fairly limited, partially by my own uh, concern for my capacity. Yeah, and I I, I was totally lacking in self awareness, so I was really good with Spanish for you know, just a little while. So for for when I first woke up, I actually was smarter than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he was he was speaking
0: spanish and we were like and my dad was like is he speaking spanish <laughs> yep <laughs> see <laughs> see um d- what about you ben as a semi-outsider this past season like what episodes did you think that we didn't do well <laughs> that's, that's that would be interesting to me like honestly like
1: let us know mm, let me think about this which when did we suck well, I did like I did mention the lumpenization. There, there was a circular uh, nature to it. I think I, I think I ended up like falling asleep to that, and I was like, um, and then when I woke, I kind of woke up, and it was sounded the same. Like towards the end of the, of the episode. um, but I you think, just fast uh, forwarded it in your brain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I kind of put you on the spot. Yeah. Criticize it's, it's, us. Well. <laughs> I I will say I think I I thought it was a a strong episode but uh I think the pessimism is an optimism um definitely was you putting like re-entrenching the lines because mm-hmm. um for instance I I share episodes with with comrades and friends to sort of gauge the the lay of the land and I I think that that episode was not well received among people who don't hold the same positions, and so that's not a criticism of you all, but it is a it does highlight the sort of position of that that you have that you have uh, taken as dialogue. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I could it, I could
0: definitely see that.
1: Yeah, and I I don't think that um, I I think that episode kind of dragged to the surface the stuff that's kind of underlying whenever we're, whenever we're talking about anything, really it was like just pronouncing, okay, here's what we're, here's what we're getting at. Here's what we mean. Um, so that's interesting, right? That's interesting because of the, the nature of the left as it exists and the nature of, of socialists who, who probably agree with most of the criticisms made uh, of the left that, that you are, espousing on here uh, but but then when you actually make lay out the entire position suddenly it's like too much for some people i guess honestly people
0: hate the idea of pessimism because yeah, it's like, it's like well like we mentioned in the episode is it's like they see it as the cynicism of the comfortable right and uh you know we try to make the point that that's not what it is but i think that people's like Emotional reactions to the term pessimism, you know, to the word pessimism are just like a lot stronger than like their political analysis in a lot of instances. I don't I, – and obviously some people just disagree with us. I'm not saying like you don't understand us because you're not as fucking theoretically advanced as we are. I'm not saying that. Obviously people just disagree with us and that's fine. That's yeah, – they're wrong but that's fine. <laughs> um, but like uh, yeah – I like. I think that the left has, especially the American left. That's the one that I can speak with the most authority to. Uh, we are just by, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in defiance of reality. You know, we should not be as happy as we are about losing all the fucking time.
2: Yeah, and for generations, losing yeah. not just like for the, like the last ten years, but lo- lo- losing since the Second World War.
1: Yeah, that makes me yeah. think of like, well, we just got to show up and shut it down, like you were saying in our group text. Like, okay, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, we'll shut it down for an hour, and then th- tomorrow, we'll you know, it's like uh, mm-hmm. the most succ- that, that that Vic Vic what is it Bivin's book um, we talked about that analyzes the mass protest. I I do think there oh, yeah. there yeah. are there are people saying we have we have to um, reapproach all of this uh, organizationally, and I think maybe another way of, of phrasing dialectical pessimism that might just clarify something for people who are um, have an allergy to the word. It's like dialectical sobriety. <laughs> it's like um, we are... People hate to... sobriety more than they hate pessimism.
2: <laughs> right, right. Cause, cause you Me
1: chief among them.
2: <laughs> you can't be optimistic with yeah, sobriety. I... Like Ben knows... Uh a group of friends of of of, well, what are, of mine we Ben and I have mutual friends who are equally ab- opposed to both sobriety and pessimism
3: <laughs> yeah well that's half of I mean honestly that's that's a that's a, uh, a useful um uh you useful useful language to 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 discuss it in because that like that is exactly the the issue here we're talking about delusional naivety uh, perhaps even drunkenness uh, on one's own uh, fantasies uh, of if I just try hard enough, then, you know, uh will uh, then the new world, the better world will just appear in front of me and all around me. And all I have to do is will it to be so um, and get up off yeah. the couch and do my part or whatever. Uh, yeah. That will
0: will triumph, man.
3: Yeah. Uh, and uh uh, yeah, and I think the dialectical pessimism we're calling for is a sort of sobriety from uh, that drunken stupor, um, uh, you know, trying to dunk people's head in cold water to, hmm. you know, sober them up and say, hey, <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't, you can't just... Uh, try hard enough and make it be so we have to look at if, if we care, if we truly do care, if we truly do have these beliefs about the possibilities of a better world, then let's take a very cold, hard, sober look at the world that we are in and how we can move forward toward the better world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. And it's not pessimism is not in this sense is not um, anti-organization. It's not a, ret- a retreat into like some kind of distant. The opposite, actually. Distant, uh, you know, calculation. It's, it's yeah. It's the opposite. It's it's calling for it's calling for more. Um, it's calling for efficacy, you know, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. which is to say, what forms of organization are capable of. Uh, doing more than walk into a cul-de-sac over and over again.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like, you know, there's, in a very Benjaminian sense, it's trying to basically rescue the past, but not by going backwards. But like, you know, rescuing the future by going to the past, or, or the future that the past wanted to go to, rather than the future that we are headed toward. Which is to say it's a dialectical. Yeah, we're trying to to go to a...
0: A future that is not possible if we jump off from the present that we're in. Right. So right. we have to change the present in order to be able to go to the future that we want to.
3: Right. The degrowth yeah. future.
1: Yeah. We can't
0: take We're gonna first- end up in Biff Biff's nineteen eighty five, guys, if we go <laughs> from this point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually we are in Biff's nineteen eighty five. Yeah. So we very much are already
1: yeah. there. So we can't take the present as given. We, it's, it's not something we can assume as the natural the, the natural result of history, which seems to be the way we we're taught to for all, yeah. of, for all of our yeah. uh, dialectical training. Undialectical training. <laughs> which is to say, uh, just having those words. <laughs>
0: yeah, we, we knew those words, but that's about it. Well, you guys want to move on from, from this? Wait, what about Kevin?
3: What about oh yeah, Kevin. Oh, my yeah. da- downsides from the last year. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want to include because the only thing that I can think I, I you know scanned over the episodes for the year and the only thing I was going to say is uh, my my least favorite episodes were the No Royal Road episodes um, in that uh, not not the the subject matter wasn't interesting but rather just uh, the exploration of the topic um, each time felt uh, a lot less focused and. Uh, uh, a lot less um, pointed toward uh, a conclusion of some sort that I was able to, that at least I was able to glean from, uh, you know, position of an outsider listener, um, then I would have, you know, preferred to get out of an episode like that. That is sort of a, a historical study of a very you know, specific subject that, you know, I, 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 I suppose as the listener, I was like wanting more of a thesis framing the discussion, I guess.
1: Yeah. It's almost Zizekian in a sense. There's a close reading and it's just extrapolating outward and coming back again. And, and so it makes for a slow plotting uh, kind of process.
0: The, the one thing that you could definitely not say about us is that we are concise. Like we <laughs> – right. uh, on our own, we already meander enough as it
2: is, right? But Well, yeah, yeah throw, we've already been recording for an hour so far. We've almost finished the second point of our four-point outline.
0: <laughs> yeah, at least we let you know we we let you know upfront what you're getting yourself into if you try to listen to the series, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that criticism, well taken and uh, acknowledged. <laughs> I get it. Okay, so let's move on to the next item then, which is stuff in the world as Jason has labeled
4: it. <laughs>
3: okay, so I mean like... You know, I had a philosophy professor in, uh, when I was studying metaphysics who made the point that um, the language that we use to discuss profound concepts uh, especially in the English language has uh, the capacity to elevate Just, just the very language itself tends to uh, elevate or, or whatever the opposite of elevate is lower <laughs> lower the the tenor or the tone of the of the of the concept itself just by choosing particular words uh, for example um, substance comes from the Latin and from a long tradition of uh, discussing concepts such as metaphysics whereas the word stuff comes from a Germanic uh, uh, language uh, etymologically and uh, so it's given a, a lower base uh, sense to it even though what it refers to the reference of the two words is functionally identical
2: wow that's actually very interesting that you know? is actually and so i mean it was it was not intentional but just calling this the stuff in the world calling it the stuff in the world turns out to be a uh, very appropriate for the way i think of it because the news and the the happenings around the world, whether it's a war or it's the fucking presidential primaries or it's whatever the hell the left is doing, I can't think of a better way to describe all of that phenomena other than just that's just you stuff. know stuff in the world,
3: yeah. <laughs> stuff in the world. Well, it's actually much more profound, much more profound than um, than it seems on first Yeah. Blush. yeah.
4: Städt und kahl steht ne Fabrik mit einem Mal der Führer und der Bauer sieht was da mit seinem Land geschieht. Ja ja das ist die neue Zeit und der Polit ist jetzt befreit. als die